Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here to talk about all of that with us when it uh, pertains to the homestanding Philadelphia Phillies is a guy who's been covering him from years, and he's doing it these days at the top of his game for NBC Sports Philadelphia. Mr. Uh, Jim Salisbury joins us here on 94 WIP. How you been, Jimmy? I'm doing okay, Jody. How are you? Good. I haven't seen you since the Big Daddy thing uh, back last year uh, <laughs> when uh, we saw the book signing because that's the new baseball. That's the new world in which we're living. You just don't get to see people that you'd like to see. You don't get to do things you want to do, but you do get to do certain things that allow you to stay in the mix, and that's what you're going through right now with the Phillies. What is it like covering the Phillies in a pandemic? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, it's a lot different. Um, I, I mean, as you know yourself from being around the game, uh, access has always been really good for baseball writers going back 100 years. Um, you've always been able to get on the inside and spend time around players and workouts and um, before games, uh, in the clubhouse, after games, before games. Uh, and all of that really has disappeared. It actually disappeared the final few days in Clearwater uh, when this thing started to bubble up. Um, the clubhouse was closed. Um, and then eventually everybody was sent home. And that was yep. four months ago. It's hard to believe. Uh, but things are getting cooking again here, but uh, social distance, distancing, which is a phrase that none of us heard four and a half months ago, now we all know what it means, uh, is very much a, a part of the coverage. Uh, you know, you can't go down and hang around the batting cage and chat with guys uh, in the dugout, in the clubhouse. Uh, basically, they've been working out now for two weeks, and, you know, I've sat up in the press box, watched the workouts, and uh, the only interaction I've had with um, – Team personnel has been through Zoom video, which is another thing I never heard of four months ago. So uh, it is completely different. Different. Uh, you're more or less observing from afar. And then having these um, Zoom press conferences with just one or two members of uh, the organization or the staff or a player. You know, you don't have, you know, you can't walk in a clubhouse and try to talk to eight different guys and before the workout, three different guys after the workout. It's, it's, um, it, it's it's really a whole new ball game when it comes to uh, information gathering, and uh, we'll just do the best we can with it. Uh, I'm glad you know the game is coming back here in, in 10 days or 12 days or whatever it is, and um, we'll see. I hope everybody stays healthy or continues to stay healthy, or hope there's no more flare-ups so they can finish 
uh, all 60 games. I still have some doubts whether they can get through it or concerns, maybe is a better word, that they can get through it. But we'll see, Jody. And I applaud and appreciate the work and the job that you guys have and you're doing these days. Uh, Along those lines, you've been doing it a long time, and you talk to players, you talk to general managers, you talk to managers and coaches and everybody else. And when you're doing so face-to-face and personally, sometimes you can read between the lines. And when a guy answers your question, he can do so definitively or he can do so uh, kind of hedging you can do so with slumped shoulders. There's a lot yeah. of things that you can read into a person's reaction. Can you get that on Zoom? No. No, because I, I think the subject of the interview really doesn't know everybody he's talking to. He doesn't know everybody that's on that phone call. Um, you know, if I stroll up to somebody in the clubhouse with some questions, you know, I might – I might have known I might know that guy for ten years, you know. I, I might know him really well, one on one. Might talk to him occasionally in the off season. Um, know things that go on in his family, and that you build that trust, uh, that one on one look in the eye trust. That there's no way you can build that uh, in in a video call. No, no way, and that's going to show up in the coverage. It's not uh, probably going to be as detailed in um, some ways as as um, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't the past. So it's, like I said, it's a whole new ball game and I hope it doesn't last long. I hope we get a vaccine. We need a vaccine. Yep. Uh, that's the bottom line because I think that's the only way we're going to get fans back in the stands. You know, I was flipping channels. I was watching uh, this great Eagles concert uh, from the LA forum. It's been on ESPN. I've caught it a couple of times and it's really great. Um, they have all these people in the, in the uh, forum watching one of America's great rock bands. I mean, when are we going to see that again if we don't get a get a vaccine? What's going to happen to Broadway? What's going to happen to pro sports? Um, you know, what's going to happen to any gatherings, um, church gatherings, uh, other types of social gatherings? I'm, I'm talking about, you know, big numbers, uh, entertainment all across the board. Uh, we need a vaccine in a big way, my friends. You are correct. And uh, just to answer one of your questions, Broadway becomes a movie, a.k.a. Hamilton. That's uh, That was great, it. too. I, uh, You know, during the shutdown, I was kidding you earlier tonight when you said, can you come on at 11? I said, I'm asleep by 11. Well, yeah, I'm still in my off-season mode. I go to bed early in the off-season, but it's probably a good thing I'm up at 11 because i got to start gearing my body to being up later because we're going to start playing in two weeks. But, um, um, you know, one of the things in the shutdown, you know, just being home more and, and doing those things. I watched Hamilton with my uh, wife and daughter last week, and it was phenomenal. It was great. Cool. Glad to hear it. Uh, it's If they're not promoting it enough, I'm still, even though there's no real sports going on, I'm still watching too much ESPN and that's a Disney thing. And uh, yeah, I've, I know that Hamilton is on television now and can be seen or ordered or whatever else. I'm not a Broadway guy, but it has been dropped down people's throats. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. All right, let's talk about this Phillies team. As you said, you're observing from above, up in the press box, socially distant from your next fellow Billy Philly beat writer. I'm sure you're paying more attention than you ever did before because in previous times you're down by the batting cage, you're talking to somebody while you're watching a guy take his cuts and the like. It's a little bit different now because 
That's the only thing you've got to do. You can't be schmoozing up the guy next to you because there's nobody next to you. You've got to scream at him if you want to ask a question or make a point. <laughs> Who's jumped out at you? Who's flashed? Who's the guy that you have been most impressed by in this uh, weekend chain since the Phillies got back out onto the field? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know that anybody's really quite jumped off the field. Um, but, you know, little little bits here and there. I thought Josh Harrison's had a couple of really nice games in the intra-squad. Um, obviously, he's a utility guy, but we might see him a little bit at the beginning with Scott Kingery. If he if Kingery doesn't have his legs and can't open on time, we might see a little bit of Harrison. I thought Zach Wheeler, uh, he's going to pitch again tomorrow, him and Vinny Velasquez. Both of those guys, <clears throat> I'm sorry, in some of their work has, have looked good. Aaron Nola looked very good tonight for two innings. Um, Alec Bohm has swung the bat pretty good at times. Roman Quinn has swung it pretty good. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to on Thursday seeing a little bit more of Spencer Howard. Uh, Didi Gregorius has looked good uh, in the field, and he swung it pretty good. So, um, uh, you know, a bunch of guys have looked okay, have looked okay. Uh, I guess maybe over the weekend they'll play uh, the Nationals, the Orioles, the Yankees, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You know, I think guys will ramp it up a little bit, turn it on a little bit more. Maybe we'll get a better read. But ultimately, I think it's gonna we're going to get our real feel, you know, a week from Friday night when they we play the Marlins. I don't expect everybody, everybody to be on top of their game, but I think that type of um, sort of full-speed – competition will you know bring out the bring out a better brand of ball in the guys because uh, right now it's still practice it, it really is i mean tonight uh joe was getting a bunch of guys off their feet they had worked out earlier in the day so they rested some guys defensively and had them get a lot of at bats they actually had a bunch of coaches playing in the field bryce harper uh took a, took a few balls at third base or played an inning at third base so it was a little bit loosey-goosey tonight on defense and getting there. Most of the emphasis was on seeing pitches in the batter's box and getting Aaron Nola his work. But uh, I can't say, you know, a couple springs ago, Scott Kingery hit 400 in spring training. Um, I haven't seen anything like that really jump out of me. And that's okay. I think right now the, the, the whole uh, purpose is, you know, get your legs, get your eyes, get your timing, get your – Get your arm speed, get your arm strength, and be ready to go uh, for a 60-game sprint because you better be ready to go right out of the gate because if you come out of there like 5 and 12, you are in trouble. Correct. Uh, let's get a little bit more specific on a couple of guys you named. Alex Bohm, is he going to be on the opening 30-man roster, which will shrink to 28, and then a week later yeah. will shrink down to 26? Uh, does the 30 help him? Is, would If they don't keep him from the beginning, would they act, could he be a guy they would cut? Where are they going to play him? If they're going to play him, I don't think he's going to sit up here on the bench, but uh, it's not like he's missing AAA at bats. There is no AAA. Where is yeah. he in the thought process of the Phillies organization right now? And, and you raise a really great point. Um, there is no AAA. Uh, you can only wonder what this damage this is doing the development of a lot of guys, not just, just not getting a season worth of reps on the mound in the field and in the batter's box. But as far as Alec Bohm, you know, I, I don't know the answer to your question. Uh, is he going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, is he going to be on the original 30 man 
next Friday night. Um, if I would give you an opinion, I would say probably not. Uh, that's not fact, but I would say my read on the situation, my opinion is probably he should not be because I would hold a guy like Alec Bohm back a week or so, um, get him some more reps uh, in practice. They're going to be working out up at Lehigh Valley. A full team will be up there. And by holding him back a week, you're going to, you're going to add that extra year of control on the back end. I know maybe it doesn't come into play if he signs a long-term extension or, or whatever, but I think it's a nice option to have. I know players don't like it, but it's a loophole in the CBA, and if you're a smart GM, I think you have to utilize it. I think if he was a guy that you said, hey, he can win us games out of the gate in a 60-game season, we need to go with him. But you're not going to start him at third base over Gene Segura. You're not going to start him at first base over Reese Hoskins. You're not going to start him at DH over Jay Bruce, at least out of the gate. So keep him down there for a week or so. Let him get more reps up at Lehigh Valley in that training camp they'll be running. And at some point in the 60-game sprint, yeah, I think he could be here. I think he could contribute. Um, Maybe maybe at first base if Reese Hoskins struggles. And maybe he puts a little internal heat on Reese Hoskins, which is a good thing. Internal competition is a good thing. Maybe he gets some reps as a DH uh, because they will utilize a bunch of different guys. But out of the gate, I'm not sure we're going to see him uh, immediately. A couple of pitchers, as per your reports and some of your compatriots uh, covering the scrimmages on a day-in, day-out basis, have been pretty good. And guys who were in competition for or locked in to Philly starting spots have not only been able to get outs, but go a little bit of a distance. Like, I thought it was going to be an inning at a time for everybody, and these guys are already putting up three-plus, four, some pitchers, five innings already. Uh, yeah. is that just kudos to them for being in that great shape? Or is it an axiom that we've been seeing for years in quote unquote early spring, which this is, which I know is July, but it's still spring training. Pitchers usually have an advantage over hitters. How do you explain the fact that the Phillies have some guys looking pretty good, uh, who we were questioning to be in the rotation before the year started? Yeah, I think a lot of it is. You know, when camp broke up on the 12th of March, a lot of these guys were getting ready, the starting pitchers were getting ready to make that jump into the fifth and sixth innings, you know, to make that jump into, you know, 65, 70 pitches. So, and also, they didn't know how long the shutdown was going to last. So they continued to throw and continued to throw bullpens and do all their long toss and keep their arm conditioned. And then the shutdown was a little longer than we expected, but they never knew when the phone was going to ring and say, hey, get up to Philly. So they kept on throwing. The team was sending them conditioning uh, um, programs and videos on things to do. And they're home, they're throwing their bullpens, they're facing hitters on their own. So they've reported here with, you know, arm strength. And uh, it's not where it needs to be to go into a season, but it's like mid-spring training um, arm strength. And and that's what we're seeing. Zach Wheeler is going to go four tomorrow night. Velasquez is going to go four tomorrow night. So these guys should be ready to go. Jake Arrieta uh, did a lot of throwing during his uh, layoff. So what we should be seeing is guys ready to push about 80 p- pitches uh, through that in that first time through the rotation. It's just, you know, the, the fact that they look pretty good and they look healthy and they look conditioned is just a testament to the work they did during the shutdown, which is it's just how pro sports operate these days. No, but it's not like Mickey Mantle taking the – taking the winter off and then going to Fort Lauderdale and sweating it off. These guys stay in shape. 
you know, they take a month off and then they're right back at it. They're in the gym, they're throwing, they're conditioning, they're doing all the science they do now. And they're, they're almost always um, in, in pretty good shape. And, and with a, with a, you know, a few weeks of camp can be, can be pretty close to game ready. All right, a lot of talk going on, uh, most of it being done by Bryce Harper, but uh, a lot of people chiming in on JT Realmuto and his contract situation. Um, more power to Bryce taking his buddies back, uh, but he is putting some pressure on the organization every time he screams out, sign him. Um, are we going to see anything? Uh, we know that uh, your access to information is limited. Uh, Matt Clintac doesn't have to pass writers in the press box on a day-in, day-out basis. Uh, they're going to be available when they're going to be available, so you got to take your information out and get your hands on it. With the pandemic, with these strained situations everybody's under, should there be ongoing conversations between the Phillies? Clintac made one statement that wasn't all-inclusive and didn't really plot out a plan or anything like that. What's going to happen in the next two months in discussions between Real Muto and the Phillies? Well, I, I, Jody, I am sure that they have continued to talk once the moratorium on talking was lifted. I mean, this is what these guys do. They, they're constantly formulating contract ideas. The agent's constantly formulating contract ideas. They all have good working relationships. You know, uh, there's multiple clients uh, from that agent on this team. They talk about other matters. And they finish phone calls. Hey, what do you think of this possibility on JT? Yeah, let me let me bounce it around and get back to you. So, um, you know, there was probably more, um, you know, maybe a little more pessimism recently. I think there was some optimism in uh, the month of March. Uh, but then uh, when Matt Clintac and he very seldom will even entertain a question on, on uh, negotiations. I mean, he he has a policy of not negotiating in the public and. Uh, but, you know, he did answer a question when this thing started back up, saying the uh, landscape has changed, meaning there's no revenue coming into the game, and that's going to affect uh, markets on all players. And then Real Muto basically corroborated that when he said um, that there's been really uh, nothing new or uh, no- nothing has really progressed since the shutdown. So. Uh, you know, I, I, it doesn't sound like there's been a lot of movement, but having covered a lot of these things, things can change with one phone call. Um, but, you know, I think the one thing we have to really remember here is, and this is pretty well documented, very well documented going back months, um, JT Realmuto is, you know, trying to carry the ball for all catchers present and future. He's trying to raise the bar on catchers' salaries. It's something he and his agent are very committed to. And I believe that they have been not just aggressive in their ask, but very aggressive. I believe the Phillies in March were willing to be aggressive. But even those two levels of aggressiveness on both sides, there may have been a gulf there for all I know. Um, and now it might be harder to even solve that gulf until we know there are fans going to be in the stands uh, fueling revenues. It goes back to what I said earlier. We really need a vaccine. So, the pandemic has been a game changer in negotiations, uh, but it certainly doesn't have to be a death knell. I think um, at some point they can figure out something to extend this relationship. And if not, Realmuto goes on the free agent market. Uh, but again, the pandemic is going to uh, affect uh, the market for free agents sure. this winter. Uh, maybe, 
you know, maybe he and Mookie Betts are immune to it. Maybe they're not. So ultimately the best deal um, in front of JT Riomoto still might be right here in Philadelphia. Uh, it just might not be here before opening day on July 24th. It might be this winter. But, but again, who knows? Once a guy goes out there, all bets are off. And now he's only 60 games away from free agency. Probably behooves him to, uh, to, to ride it out, um, you know, play through that risk of injury. And see what happens when you can shop your wares to all teams. Uh, we'll see. I think this team would like to have him. I know I really enjoy watching him. My favorite thing to do is watch this guy run the bases. He doesn't run the bases like a catcher. He runs the bases like a baseball player, like a middle infielder. He's very light on his feet. He's a good athlete. And um, we'll see what happens. It would be nice if they could keep him. I know they gave up good players for him. I know Bryce Harper wants him. He's made clearly made these explicit messages to management in ownership, but uh, he doesn't have to do that. Bryce Harper, 18 months ago, forged a great relationship with ownership. All he has to do is pick up the phone if he has a, me- uh, a message to deliver. Right. Doesn't need to do it to Jim Salisbury or Jody McDonald on WIP or whatever. He's, he probably has. Put it this way. The owner's going to take his call if he calls. Uh, last thing, Jimmy, I read the article that you did today on NBC Sports Philly. How long have you known... Chris Poole, the Phillies, a very flexible front office personnel guy who's doing different work in yeoman's work during this time of the uh, pandemic. Oh, well, thank you for reading that. It was, uh, Chris has been with the Phillies since like 1983, and I really only met him recently, but I, I knew of his, um, you know, they have a lot of behind, behind the scenes people that are just amazingly dedicated to that organization and he's one of them i knew him reputationally more than personally but i knew he lost his brother to coronavirus and um you know with the shutdown the office is shut down so folks are working from home but they needed some help with security and whatnot and the help and prep feels for these workouts uh and he put his hand up and volunteered uh because uh that's what he you know he believes uh um you do when you're when you're a member of that Phillies family when you've been around for for, for a long time. Uh, he's one of those guys that really bleeds Phillies red. And you know he talked about losing his brother. Um, and this was going back at really in March when the virus was just kicking up. It was very sudden, and the heartbreak of it all, and and just how being around the ballpark uh, is very therapeutic. And um, you know when I asked him if I could tell his story, he was uh, he was you know very gracious. He said just you know please um, make it the theme of it. You know, we need to educate people about how difficult this is and, and people need to, you know, be careful and take precautions. Um, And, uh, you know, he, hopefully, hopefully we did that because, you know, it is a serious thing. And, um, you know, I just hope people stay safe. I hope we can finish the season and I hope someday sports can um, be back to the way it's supposed to be with fans in the stands and, um, you know, you know, everybody's having a, having a good time because these have been crazy four months. The story worked for me because uh, that's exactly the message that I got. Other than uh, Chris is a great guy, and as you say, a Philly family member through and through. I suggest yeah. everybody give it a look on NBC Sports Philly. Mr. Salisbury, a pleasure as always. You always bring something to the table. Thanks for staying up and hopping on with me tonight. Get into regular season mode now. I'll get you up yeah. again soon enough because uh, you won't be going to bed at 11 o'clock. Thanks for coming on tonight. I'm going to get that, bio, uh, what is it called, the biological clock. i got to get there it. There you uh, go. 
get it adjusted. So I, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in summer training with you tonight, Jody. You got it, Jimmy. Thanks much for coming on. Appreciate it greatly. Okay, my friend. Take care. Jim Salisbury, uh, Phillies beat writer forever, doing it these days, NBC Sports Philly. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.